Hi everyone, this is Jane K. Dickinson. Welcome to Unshaming Diabetes, where we talk about life, language, and lessons learned from a different angle. I'm interviewing Scott K. Johnson today, a longtime diabetes presence blogger, DSMA Live co-host, and now you're working with My Sugar. My first question for you, Scott, is what does the K stand for? The K stands for killer. <laughs> just, just kidding. My middle name is Carl with a K, and I got that funny response line, K for killer. Uh, from what I think is a mutual friend to many in the diabetes space, Bruce Taylor, who is now with Dexcom. He wears these really cool monogram shirts with his initials on it, BTT. And I also asked him, Bruce, what does the T stand for? And he said, trouble. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I have my middle initial is K also, so I'm going to have to figure out a good one for that. I don't know. I don't necessarily need to be killer, but I have to think of something else. I think that that would throw people off so much. And that's the fun of it, right? Is yeah. to catch them off guard. You caught me off guard for sure. <laughs> You have had type 1 diabetes since 1980. Mm -hmm. Tell me what's the best thing that has happened to you because of having diabetes? Well, I mean, I am living a dream. I think that the, the diabetes social media space has been an amazing, amazing thing that I never would have really valued as much as I do if it weren't for diabetes. Of course, that kind of makes sense, right? But working and sort of sharing my story in the diabetes social media space has led me to an amazing career at my sugar where six months ago, I moved my whole family from Minneapolis to sunny San Diego. So none of that would have happened without diabetes. Just because I'm curious, what did you do professionally before your diabetes life? I mean, your diabetes professional life. Great question. So I've always had a, an interest in technical things and computers and things like that. So I spent some time working as a Unix system administrator at an internet service provider in the Minneapolis area. I had also some opportunity to work after that in the technical space for the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis. And that was a really, really interesting and fun opportunity as well. But from there, I had an opportunity to join Smith's Medical, and they were the makers of the Cosmo Insulin Pump, doing at first technical work with them, but moved into what they call inside sales, which basically meant I was talking to people who were interested in the pump. And that's really where my professional world with diabetes started. Now, I'd also just started my blog in the social space a little bit before joining Smith's Medical. And so those, those two sort of lived together for a while. I, uh, out of respect to my employer and also privacy, I, I kept those two things very separate and didn't, didn't kind of cross the line between work and personal blogging for a long time. Life has brought me after that to doing a bunch of freelance work related to diabetes and social media before joining my sugar. Smith's Medical pulled the plug on the, on the whole diabetes division way back in 2009. At that point, it was kind of like figuring out just whatever I had to do to keep the lights on and feed my family. And, and thankfully, I was able to sort of navigate that, that freelance world for a while. But very, very hard work. And I'm thankful to be gainfully employed at, at my sugar. They're a great, great company to work with. Good. Just for anyone who's listening, 
listening who's not aware of the diabetes online community, Scott is talking about the online community by, for, and about diabetes, <laughs> our people with diabetes. And I like to uh, think of it as blogs and websites and chats and Twitter chats and all sorts of interactions among and between people who have diabetes. Would you define it differently? No, I think that's a really great summary. One of the most beautiful things about the diabetes online space is that as new tools come and older tools become less popular or less easy to use, the space evolves around the technologies and the, and the creative ideas coming from the people with diabetes in the space. For example, when I started my blog, there weren't all these things that we have today, Instagram and Twitter and, and all these fun channels. And I, I can't wait to see what the next bunch of years brings as long as those, those channels are allowing people with diabetes to share their stories and deliver messages in whatever way feels most comfortable to them, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that the space can evolve. I agree. And I noticed online, and you mentioned also that you've been blogging since 2004. I have been blogging since 2011, so I am relatively a newbie at this. My blog is at janekdickinson.com. And what is your blog? My blog is at scottsdiabetes.com. And I don't get as much time as I'd like these days to post on it and, and keep everything up to date there because I'm so busy here at My Sugar. But one of the, the fun things to me about having a blog is that I get to set the rules on when stuff is published or don't feel any pressure to publish anything if I am too busy. It's really a neat space to be able to do that. Yeah. And I was actually curious. So that's 14 years of blogging, how do you still find topics to write about? I mean, do you ever get like total bloggers block? <laughs> I, I don't think so. And I think part of that is because I've been very intentional about following a few guidelines for myself. I will only write on my blog if I have something to say and diabetes never fails to deliver new topics to talk about. And I think I'm, I'm blessed in that it's not just my life with diabetes, but the world of diabetes in general. There's so many great stories out there to share and so much new things. So that's one rule is having something to talk about. The second rule is having time to talk about it, right? So if I'm too busy or stressed like I never want my blog to become a source of stress in my life. So I, I need to have the something to say, time to say it. And then the third one, and maybe the most important for me, is I need to feel like writing. If I don't feel like writing or telling that story, then whatever that topic is will end up on a list somewhere and I'll come back to it when those three stars align for me. It's very important to me that my personal blog never becomes a source of stress in my life. We have enough of those already. Oh, that's great. What is a patient engagement manager, which is what you do at My Sugar, unless your title has changed? I don't like the, the word patient. It, it's I think has been influenced within the, the organization to differentiate me as talking to other people living with diabetes versus those who might be communicating more with business associates or clinical representatives or whatever the case. Like that title was kind of meant to mean that my time and energy and, and happiness actually is, is more with people with diabetes. That's where I grew up in the blogging space and what I enjoy doing. Working in a fast-moving startup, I've had to wear 
wear many, many different hats and talk to and communicate with all those different groups. But as we're starting to grow, I'm able to narrow my focus back onto people living with diabetes. And so engagement management part conveys really also just talking and engaging and, and communicating with people, both to share the My Sugar message, but also to learn from people. And it doesn't necessarily have to be online. It can be in person at a conference or at some cool diabetes event or something like that. So it's kind of a big, weird umbrella term, this patient engagement manager that I'm not super happy with, but I'm also not one that gets too worked up about titles inside of companies. They're, they're weird things. It has changed many times over the years and will change again over the coming years. And at the end of the day, as long as I'm able to continue learning from and, and sharing stories in the diabetes space, you know, call my job, whatever, whatever you want to call it. One of the things that you are very well known for in the diabetes online community is co-hosting the DSMA live show. Can you tell us what that is, if it's still going on, how that works? Sure. Yeah, great, great question. So DSMA, uh, I'll start kind of with the DSMA Twitter chat because that's where that's where it all came from. DSMA is an online Twitter chat that happens once a week on Wednesday evenings, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And it's a, a chat on Twitter where people with diabetes or interested in diabetes all come together and have conversations about a given topic or a set of questions. The creator of that is a wonderful woman named Cherise Shockley, and she wanted to find a way to reach more people. One of the things that's so endearing about Cherise is she's always trying to get these helpful messages and communications to more people who may need them. And so she wanted to find a way to reach those who may not be comfortable on Twitter. Like Twitter is a very fast moving medium that kind of freaks people out at times and rightfully so, right? So there's people who are comfortable there, but people who are also not comfortable there. So she wanted to create this channel to bring conversations outside of the Twitter specific universe. She kind of pitched the idea to me and another great mutual friend of all of ours, George Simmons, uh, the original Ninja Bedic online, and um, asked if we would be interested in connecting online with her weekly to have a conversation around a topic in the diabetes space, oftentimes based on the questions that had happened in the, that week's Twitter chat. So that's kind of where the, the origin of the show came from. And why we call it DSMA Live is that it was a live broadcast internet radio show. It was also recorded so that people could go back and listen to it similar to a podcast, but it was it was a live show that we, we would connect with. And it sounds so kind of funny to say this, but like just basic telephone calls. That seems so low tech nowadays, but I think we shouldn't forget the power of being able to connect like that. So we would have basically a conference call that was hooked into this broadcasting service called blog talk radio. We would have these conversations for about an hour once a week. Oftentimes we would bring guests in. Other times we would just have a conversation amongst the three of us, Sharice and George and I, about the Twitter chat or what was going on in the in the space. And I think we, we ran the show for a number of years. I can't remember how long off the top of my head. We all kind of got busy with life and it became harder and harder to connect on a weekly basis. Sharice also started going back to school 
to work on higher education. And so her time became less and less available. So we haven't done the show in a number of years, but all of the recordings still exist. That's one of the cool things about the internet. Many of the topics are still as relevant as as they were back when, when we had the show running live. And as soon as things slow down for everybody, we will turn the show back on. There's no concrete plans of that at this at this point. But Sharice is someone I would do just about anything for. And if she called me and said, Scott, I want to start the show again. Here's the dates and times I would move my world to make that happen. I think George would as well. That's great. From the digging I did, it looks like you all started the program or the show about eight years ago and stopped it about two years ago. So that was quite a long run and it's only on hold. It's not over. I love that. That's right. Yeah. And and I love that you you kind of called it an early, well, you said it was kind of like a podcast and it sounds to me like an early version of a podcast. Podcasting is what I am embarking on right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are my first. So I'm kind of using you to feel out this podcast idea of mine. It was interesting to me that you brought up the word patient, which leads us to language, which is my passion project, my passion work. My podcast isn't solely about language, but I certainly see language threading through all of the interviews or or talks that I do on the podcast because it's so important. Like you said, words change over time and they're going to change again. And I want to acknowledge that all the time, that it's not about one particular word. It's more about our mindset and how we approach people who have diabetes and our attitudes towards them. With that, I introduce to you my podcast, Unshaming Diabetes. That is the name of the podcast. (laughs) Because unfortunately, historically and currently, there has been a lot of shame attached to a diagnosis of diabetes. There's been Mm -hmm. a lot of labeling, a lot of blame and judgment, and people feel it. This podcast kind of came out of conversations I've had with my colleague who you know, Susan Guzman. She has worked a lot on the language movement as well. And we have these phone calls every so often. And after one of them, I said, Susan, this should be a podcast. (laughs) Of course, I just used the word should, which I don't believe in. But anyway, um, I thought this would be the perfect podcast, just talking about diabetes and about our experience. And so I, I like to say we're talking about life, language, and lessons learned from a different angle. I love that. And I'm so excited about this endeavor because it's um it's a message that, that you've been working on so long and a handful of others in the space I can think of, of Renza and uh, doctors and professors in the Australian space. And, and it's, you have been one of the early, early advocates of, of all of this. And it's, it needs to be scaled so desperately. And I think podcasting and getting your story and your conversations available to more people outside of what can just be on the phone with you and, and Dr. Susan Guzman, it makes that a little more possible. So it's great. And I'm so happy to hear that you're jumping into this. Out of curiosity, when you hear that name, Unshaming Diabetes, what do you think of? What kinds of topics do you think might come up or might be good for me to pursue? Yeah, great question. What I think of is it, it fills me with hope and encouragement, just the name in itself, because so often as you, I mean, I don't need to tell you, you are a leading advocate of this, but there's so much negative, just negativity attached to the words that are often used around diabetes. Shame is, is a big one of those. So unshaming diabetes sounds powerful and encouraging and full of hope. And I think that one of the one of the first topics that comes to mind is just talking about some of these phrases and 
words that are used without thought that are more negative than positive and attach values to the person without giving any thought about that. I imagine it's much like what your natural conversations are with Dr. Guzman. Just to share with you some of the topics that have come up for me, I don't want to limit this to just, you know, interviewing people and asking about language or asking about their experience with words or things like that. Although I am quite certain it will come up in my discussions with people. A couple other topics besides language as kind of a chapter or whatever you want to call it to the podcast are food because there's a lot of shame around food. So talking to people about food experiences. The other one is technology because I think that although there's there's a whole school of, you know, kind of a, a camp of people who are excited about technology and want the latest and greatest. There's also a group of people who are nervous about technology and sometimes they get shamed about that. Absolutely. I, I think it's also a tangent to that topic is oftentimes our the technology boils down so many hard moments in our diabetes lives to a single value. And that value is, right, it's either in, in range or out of range. And there's, there's that aspect of it, too, where the technology, I think, needs to do a better job of capturing the full story of, of what's going on with diabetes. When I think about my work at My Sugar, one of the phrases that I often talk about is that like every point of diabetes data has an entire story attached to it, but that context is, also, is often lost or just forgotten or even simply discarded because we have such limited bandwidth to process all that stuff. You know? Yeah. I just wrote down stories mm -hmm. because, you know, at first I wrote down focus on numbers, which we don't want to do. We want to focus right. on the person. And then you said each data point has a story behind it. Well, every person has a story. Absolutely. And so listening to people's stories is a large part of what this podcast will be and hearing what, you know, people's experiences are and how, and the impact that those experiences have. Yeah. It's a, it's a very exciting, um, it's an exciting project that you're working on and, and I, you've got my full support. I will come in and do anything and everything I can to, to help you with it. And I, I think there's so much power in people's stories because diabetes can feel so isolating and people's stories bring with them for me a large sense of normalcy, knowing that I'm not alone in struggling with these things or celebrating these things or whatever the case may be. It, it really has people's stories, which is for me, a very easy way to summarize the diabetes online space is that it brings a huge sense of normalcy. And I think your ability to sort of draw out those stories from people and also pry open like little almost subconscious aspects of the words we use to tell those stories, whether they're to ourselves or to others, will shed a whole new light on things. And that and that's really a beautiful thing. I really appreciate your being here with me today. This actually went a lot faster than I thought it would go. <laughs> this is, you know, it, it just uh, kind of getting to know the process for me. And, and you're such an easy person to do that with. So thank you for your time. You're very, very welcome. I'm honored that you would think of me to come on and, and help you uh, kind of crack this open for you. And, and again, anything I can do along the way, please reach out. Thanks, Scott. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. This is Unshaming Diabetes, and I'm Jane K. Dickinson. You can also find me at www.janekdickinson.com, where I blog about everyday life with diabetes. 
Sometimes topics come up in this podcast that I'd like to explain or discuss further, and I will do that on my blog. So please find me there. Thanks again, and have a fantastic day.